evening. Today is Sunday, December 15th. Um, it's 5.30 p.m. And we decided to make a podcast. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. You did. Well, I asked if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. As <laughs> like it usually I goes. Decided this is what <sighs> we're going to do when you're doing it, whether you like it or not. Forcing my hand at it. No. no but, I don't know how, what that would even look like. How would that work? Like if you didn't want to talk. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I guess threat would have to be involved or some sort. Perhaps. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> With your idea to make a podcast. I don't know, maybe... Because uh, uh, I do. I just didn't know if, you, if there's any topics, that, anything that you wanted to cover. One thing that's been on my mind this past week was depression. Mm. So that, maybe. Okay. Um, I was thinking about all of the various snotty kids I've seen around and how <clears throat> I said something about, because uh, there's this interaction that I had at work with this woman and her four-year-old, and she was not handling the situation nearly as well as it could have been. And during the course of the whole exchange and all that went down, she said something like, well, I believe that my son is a human being, or my son is a human being, and and he should be re- treated with the respect and dignity that he deserves, or some, something like that. And it just made me kind of shake my head and go, wow, good luck with that. And I'm not saying that children shouldn't be treated with respect, but the way that she was meaning it, because she was showing me through action the way that she meant it, was... I'm not going to tell my son the way that it's going to be. No, we're leaving now because you're making a scene and you're throwing a tantrum. You're hitting me. You're you're hitting merchandise here. We're we're leaving and then taking his hand or swooping him up into his arms. It was, "Well, I know you want that little buddy, but but we talked about this and and I said that maybe at the next store we could get something. I want this. I said, I want it. Okay, well, you know, maybe Maybe next time when we come here, what what do you think about that? How, how about how about if we we think about it for the next time? Like, well, that's not gonna work. And when I had told you this story, me, uh, yeah, you, not you, the listener, correct. I had said something about that, so that's that was what I was thinking about talking about, going into that some more, with some more depth. Okay, well, you've already started talking about it, so I can I can stop. I can come back to it. I just wanted to kind of. Because if I just say, in general, credit children, what does that mean? Like, dirty diapers or, like... I guess it's snotty children, I think. Okay, yeah, whatever. But... I mean, like, kids that are have leaky nose and like... <laughs> that is what I pictured, but that's probably because I work at a preschool. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... so, let's start with yours. What, what about depression? Well, it seems like from about... The time of the incident you just mentioned, um, uh, I think it was around then, you mentioned something about not feeling great. So, you want to talk about uh, something that I told you? No, I, we're going to keep on going because this is, I'm, I'm curious well, where you wanted to go with this and why you thought... I don't know, it just seems a little bit rude to just kind of go, hey, we're going to talk about this thing that you told me and just put it on the internet now without having discussed this beforehand. When you said, when I asked you, whatever it was, two minutes ago, do you want to talk about something and you said depression, I didn't know that you wanted to talk about what I had told you. That's that's interesting. It's not really what you had told me. It's what that sparked. Okay. Because I went on a walk after we had a text chat mm-hmm. and I thought like what is depression and why does it exist because I when I was growing up I I mean I don't know if I thought this consciously at the time in my teenage years it definitely felt more prevalent but 
I had been told by a therapist, well, a couple of therapists, I don't know how accurate this is, but that I had been depressed my, like, the majority of my life. Mm, they diagnosed you with that because of things you'd said or whatever? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, gotcha. And I've wondered, and I've, <laughs> I've been told by other people that I, I won't be happy ever, that I'll always be in that state. And I'm wondering, having grown up with that state of mind, if that is the case, is that my norm? Because I find it very easy for me to slide back into depression and to just not do anything. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to recently push myself to do things. Like, if I hadn't met you, I don't know if I would be pushing myself to do things. I kind of think I wouldn't unless I had met somebody else. Maybe. I mean, I, I guess that's not true because in my, even in my childhood or my teenage years, I had gone through various phases of trying to take care of myself, but it was always this ebb and flow of treating myself very poorly and then having these spurts of trying to be creative and, and exercising, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I recall running up and down my driveway, like sprinting, doing sweet 16s like we used to do in school or going on long walks or runs around my neighborhood. But those things never really stuck around very long. Mm -hmm. And I see that behavior continued into my adult years. And I like having you to pressure me in a sense, like even your, just your presence. Because mm -hmm. you've mentioned that if I didn't take care of myself, like if I just started regressing, mm -hmm. I don't think you use that word, but it's the word I'm using now, then you would leave me. Yeah. Well, I said, I'm not going to spend my time with somebody that's not going to try and better themselves. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't have any interest in dating somebody that lives in one of the RVs that are parked all over the streets around here and just kind of spends their day in a doped out state and when they feel like getting something to eat, they saunter into some store and steal something and or or fly a sign for a bit or whatever it is they do to get food. I, but <laughs> they wear dirty clothes, they bathe, it smells like very infrequently. Mm -hmm. like, what's the... Uh, no. I imagine that sort of person is not appealing to anybody who isn't in a similar situation. Yeah, that sounds about right. Or trying to pull one over on another, like get something out of somebody else. Yeah, I mean, there's there's <clears throat> movies about some rich guy finding some homely street woman, and then, you know, like My Fair Lady is kind of a story like that, and I think Pretty Lady is kind of too. But I think that she's like a prostitute, and he kind of, I'll show you how to be a... a a lady or oh, something. Oh, pretty woman, pretty yeah. Pretty woman, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what that's about. I've never seen it. Um, that's interesting. But that I've never seen a homeless person that looks like, uh, I think it's Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady or um, Sandra Bullock in Pretty Woman. I think that's what it it's is. It's not Sandra Bullock. It's um, Julia Roberts. Okay, well point is I've never seen someone like either of them. I'm, I don't think I have the, the My Fair Lady woman right, but it's some other good looking. Fair Lady. Some 50s musical. But Pretty Woman, Julia Roberts' character is a prostitute. Yeah, okay. So, but I've never I mean, seen I, a prostitute. <laughs> no, I've seen the Aurora either. prostitutes. I'm pretty sure we saw one the other day and they, <sighs> they're rough. Yeah. They are rough. They're not having a good day and haven't had a good day for... A, long a good many days. Time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I find myself even today <clears throat> feeling low. Mm. Like I've I've felt depression, really extreme depression, where I just don't want to do anything. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> I just sit and I zone out and I think about. I don't even remember what I would think about when I was in those really really deep deep. De states. I remember working at Whole Foods though and somebody in grocery had come through my line and they asked me what are you gonna do tonight or something like we were just having a little chat mm -hmm. and 
I said, I'll probably go home and sit in the dark and stare at the ceiling. <laughs> and I was in a really bad mood that day. Mm. And he was just kind of, like, you could tell he was put off. And he was like, oh, okay. okay, all right. Which is the right response, I think. I guess. Like, I, I wasn't... No, I think the best response to that would be, are you serious? And, or like... Uh... I guess maybe if you could pick up that you could you were serious, like, oh, you know, stare to see, like, I don't know. That's a little bit different than, oh, I don't know, you know, go home, sit in the dark, stare to the ceiling, I, I, I don't know. Then maybe the best response or a better response would be, oh, uh, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Hey, yeah, if hey, you I'm actually here for care you. about the person. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is just... sure. A person I didn't really speak to very often. Okay. It was just kind of co-worker friendly chat coming through your line because I have to buy these groceries if I want to eat them. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, but I used to space out and zone out a lot and waste a lot of time doing it. And I found it, I think, started... Well, maybe... Like, I attribute a lot of my not being that way to being with you because I feel like I've broken away from a lot of old habits that were also contributing to my depression, like smoking and drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, and also replacing those with good habits, like exercising regularly and doing creative things more recently and reading books, just, just being productive, being interested in the world. Mm -hmm. And even today I was like struggling to work on a couple of the things that I had, but it's, it's so weird how I can think about a project like building my Harlequin kill team mm -hmm. or making a notebook or drawing a picture even. And it, I just, I really don't want to do those things. Uh -huh. I, I just absolutely, it's the last thing I want to do. I, I try and think, and I do think of, what are, what's anything else that I could be doing mm -hmm. instead? And I usually do that thing because mm -hmm. it's easier. Like preparing vegetables for tomorrow's breakfast or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I sit down to do these things now, I don't know if this was the case some years ago. But I, I could sit, and I did earlier. Um, I re-threaded a notebook or re-sewed it, I guess, um, for an hour plus earlier today and I was just in the zone. Mm -hmm. I worked on the, that same notebook yesterday for I don't know how many hours. And now, like, even though I've set a goal for myself, I think you actually gave me this goal to draw for 15 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that, but it hasn't felt like enough. So I find myself drawing for the twice that. That's exactly what I said. I said, do 15 minutes. And if you ever go more, then great. But just make it and and that and I knew that to be the case that you would probably go over because that's what's happened with me when I write. It's I'm gonna write for 15 minutes and then the timer goes off and it's like okay, well, I'm not gonna stop right here. I mean, this is I, I'm into it now. I wanna. If it was I'm gonna write for a minute, it's really easy to get distracted after that minute and be like that's not long enough. Mm -hmm. And 30 minutes, which is what I had tried to do, I think when we were back in Michigan. Just felt a little bit too long. Yeah. It was sometimes it was like around the fifth, I don't know, like the 18 to 20 minute mark, maybe mid 20s. I'd be kind of getting restless and I'm like, eh. yeah, I, I, something, some, th something pop into my head, my head earlier. And I'd be like, well, I, I want to, I do need to check my email because I need to see if that thing on eBay sold or if, if I got the address to send it because I kind of need to get that done today. And that would just be kind of bugging me. Mm -hmm. Whereas a 15 minute thing, if that happens, then I can go and handle that thing. Mm. But if it doesn't... Like if the timer goes off? Yeah, or, like if the timer goes oh. off and I'm thinking, oh, okay, now I need to do... I do need to check my email to see about that thing because I, I was waiting. Or I know that I got the email because I see my little email notification thing on my computer. Oh, it, it, I got some email, so maybe it's that one that I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Let me see what that says. Yeah. Whereas 15 minutes, even if I get that email two minutes in, it's like, okay, well, it can wait 13 minutes. Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference between, third. well, there's an exact difference between 13 minutes and uh, uh, 28 minutes. It's, it's an entire 15 minutes difference. That's mm -hmm. exactly what it is. 
Exactly right. So I'm just saying, it's like, okay, well, 13 minutes isn't that big of a deal. Whereas 28 minutes, like, it, it, well, it's all nearly double. So it feels, feels nearly double. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, on that walk that I mentioned, where I was talking about depression with oh, myself. Oh, yeah, what's the point of it? Yeah. I, I don't really have a good answer other than it's, it's the ultimate resistance to life. Like depression is a black hole. Yeah. And I've had to fight my way away from it. I feel like my entire life. And that had been true up until very recent, Mm. but I still feel like inklings (laughs) of a pull. To just not do anything. To sit and play arena. That's why I set a timer for myself this morning. Yeah, I set it's... a three game limit for myself when I sat down. I was like, I'll play three games. I didn't count the one that I just conceded out of. It was dumb. Yeah. I just, there are better things for me to do. And after having done creative whatevers, like mm-hmm. drawing, I can see progress. Like I've been trying different things. Like I tried clean line or contour drawing yesterday at the cafe and yeah the biscotti that i drew it wasn't the greatest but it's better than i've done i thought it looked good when it had about half as much detail as you added oh like i i mean i was it was good when you added all the other detail but i like i like kind of minimalistic stuff Mm. so i thought when you got about halfway to where it is currently at Mm. least at least when you showed it to me and you asked me do you know what this is like yeah i mean it was really obvious it wasn't like boy i don't know it looks like some abstract painting what what is it (laughs) It wasn't just splotches i mean it was really obvious Mm. i mean what it was um but i'd looked over a couple times while you're working on it and even within the first couple of minutes i could tell exactly what you were drawing partly because of where you were looking Mm -hmm. and where we were seated it's not like, oh, I'm drawing the, the gazebo outside behind me that I'm not looking at. Wow, that's that's impressive. Um, but I, I thought it looked great, about 40 or 50-ish percent of where it's at now. <laughs> and then I Bob Rossed it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm, all I'm <laughs> saying is that you got the point across earlier. Oh, that Like makes the sense. point was made. Yeah. At X, and then you added a bit more. Yeah, I I spent probably longer than I should have on that. I think I drew that for like thirty to forty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know if that is the same, like that. I mean, what what's that, Del? I don't know if in visual art, if you want to do the same kind of thing as you do in writing. I guess it's up to the artist or mm-hmm. the author, because there is some writing out there that they'll spend pages on describing a particular scene and then other times it's done in a half of a sentence yeah you can attribute it to style but also i would say experience Uh, i'm not very well experienced so i can imagine that the amount of detail that i used in that drawing just detracted from the message if that makes sense yeah and i guess it also depends on what you're trying to do because if you're trying to tell a story as opposed to paint a scene with Mm -hmm. your words i'm thinking about the written word well then lingering for multiple pages on what a particular countertop in a kitchen looks like Mm -hmm. doesn't really help you tell the story about the kitchen staff that works in that kitchen it's like well why do we need so much detail about this one countertop yeah like what about this what is so important yeah exactly like why are we spending literally three pages on the grain and the the curve of the wood nothing else has gotten this much attention i don't (laughs) what's going on here yeah there must be a reason right no this writer just doesn't know what they're doing no he's just bad at what he does yeah so my biscotti drawing is almost like some of the older novels that you had written or just stories, yeah. Or stories. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think I have to go through that. Yeah, to again a degree. And again and again. Yeah, but as long as I'm learning. Yeah. And I'm glad that I've gotten, I know I feel 
well, I feel like I have an excess of drawing books, but I'm kind of rotating through them and trying to practice different things. I think that's a good idea. I think it's the same as for that is learning from different sources with drawing or any art is the same as with any other art, like writing. I, if I'm to get better at, at writing, you have to consume stories to quote something I read on Medium. But I don't think that it stops there. Actually, I know for a fucking fact it doesn't stop there because that makes it sound, that Medium article that I read was this woman that she, from ninjawriter.com or something and she was answering a question from a lot of her quote ninja writers end quote asking, hey, can I be a writer without reading? Or I don't have time to read or I don't enjoy reading. And her- the, You can her, read anything. Her, her answer was, well, that's hard for me to say because I've spent so much time reading and I really enjoy reading. I don't really understand how you would want, why, how you could want to be a writer but not enjoy reading. Like, it's like, I want to make movies, but I really don't like watching movies. Like, what? Well, then why do you want to make them? Like, I, I want, I really want to make music, but I don't like uh, listening to music. I, well, what about listening to your own music? No, I don't, I'm not going to do that either. Like, huh? What about when you're playing it? Yeah, I'll, I'll have earplugs in. Okay, you're, this is this is nonsense. But she was making the point that you, you've got to be able to, you have to consume stories. And I don't think that's enough to consume stories because I've been listening to audiobooks when I'm at work and, and back, I'll be in back sorting some of the freight that comes in or damn near all the freight that comes in. And I'm listening to the audiobook and it's great to get the story and get an idea of what the world is like and, and, and it's very enjoyable, but there are so many times where I'm thinking, how did he do that? How was, what does that look like on the page? Where was that paragraph break? Where, where, how, was there a comma? Like he, uh, I don't know about that, Jim. Uh, he said with a big smile, we're going to have to see how it goes. Like. Was that broken up with commas? Was that broken up? Was that separate sentence? How did he do that? And you can't know how you that's done without interacting with the medium as it was made. So in this form, in, in this, in this, I'm, I'm a mess with my words right now, but in this example that I'm giving, it doesn't work without, I can't talk. Yes, you can. You were almost there. You have to read. Like listening to books is fine, but it, it does bog, but it bothers me a bit when people say, oh, I read this book and I, I'll I dig a little bit deeper and they'll say something like, well, I, I mean, I mean, I listened to it. Well, you didn't read it then. Yeah. That's not reading it. Well, there's even a right way to read. Like you can read a story and then not really think about it. Yeah. And, and then what have you learned? I mean, there's, there's a lot of stories that, there's not a whole lot to learn. Yeah. And if you're talking about like moral or a deeper meaning. There's, there's that. Like what is the author trying to say? What could it mean? How can you apply what you learned or what this character went through to your own life? That sort of thing. I'm thinking about stories or books that we read in school when I was going through school. Um, and how we would dissect different stories. Like, uh, what's that? Lord of the Flies. Mm -hmm. We would have a homework assignment where you would read a chapter or two or three, however many, and then there would be a certain day that that was due, and we would have a discussion in class. And maybe we would write uh, an essay or answer questions about it, or we would just have a discussion. Mm -hmm. But that, I would say, encourages the reader to pay more attention to the story itself rather than just read the words as they come and picture the things that they're seeing. And then once they close the book and finish it, they just kind of put it on the shelf or whatever and forget about it. Yeah. Again, it depends on the book. The reason I'm saying that is because the books that I've been reading, the novels in the 40 K universe, the ones that I've read so far by and large don't have like some sort of deeper philosophical Thing for you to be thinking about. I mean, there, there is some of that in there, but these Gaunt's Ghost books, they're, I mean, no offense to Dan Abned, he's a, he's a good writer and, and it's interesting and it's very entertaining, but I, 
I, I wouldn't say that there's some deeper morals or some story b beneath layers of, of the story to, to kind of dig at here. I see. Um, you had told me about the Horus Heresy, mm -hmm. um, at least the book that you had read about it. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned something about that book and the way that Horus was portrayed, or maybe this is just how he is, but I recall you saying on the hike that we went on mm -hmm. recently that what you like about the 40K universe and what you liked about maybe that book, I think, is... Oh, there's multiple books. There's three in that. that was, mm -hmm. There's there's 50-plus books in the Horus Heresy series, <laughs> Horus Heresy series now. But, but it, I, it was the, the first three. It was the character itself was complex. Mm -hmm. And it was easy, maybe... To sympathize with him, I thought you had said, or it wasn't difficult to. Yeah, like, I could, could see, see where, where they were coming from and why, like it was written well, because before the Horus Heresy takes place in the forty k universe, or in that that point is, I guess it's thirty k. Everybody's on the same side in humanity, but then the Horus Heresy takes place, and then it gets split, mm -hmm. and there's Horus and his side that have fallen to chaos wanting to overthrow the emperor and hearing about that from the outside before I knew anything about it. I'm wondering, well, how, how did that happen? Why did it happen? I hope there's a good reason for it. Well, they spent three books setting up those reasons. And then the, all the subsequent books have been kind of just stories of various battles and then progressing that story. But in those three books, setting that up and his reasons for turning against the emperor makes a lot of sense. It's not, well, I just want to be the one in power now, and so I'm going to do it. Like, mm -hmm. they could have done that, and that would have been fine. Mm -hmm. It would have been very good, but it, it would have been, it would have worked. It was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm just going to be the, the king of the emperor, the, the, the main guy now, because I want to. And I just, <laughs> but it's way deeper than that, and it's, it's like, oh, okay, I mean, I kind of see where he's coming from. Okay, it, just, it all works, and it works really well. Yeah, and from your retelling of that, or you telling me about your experience reading that, mm -hmm. I, I get the impression that one could glean from those books, oh, people are more complex than sometimes we write them off to be. Mm -hmm. Like There's more than meets the eye. So one could read those books and then go into the world and come across some idiot or someone they think is an idiot and write them off as an idiot. But that person may have just been having a bad day or something or may have a reason for doing the thing that they, they're doing. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Are, are you trying to segue into the whole thing about the kid? It wasn't. Okay. But we can. No, I'm, we can go into that at any point. Is there... Uh, if there's more that you wanted to say on this. Um, on the depression bit, I, I guess I, I feel like I can slip into depression pretty easily, but doing things and, and pushing against the resistance that I have to being productive mm -hmm. has helped me fight that depression and sometimes it's really difficult and sometimes I get really anxious about doing something like figure drawing which mm -hmm. sounds maybe stupid to some people but I see a picture and I think oh, I can never do that or how do you even do that mm -hmm. and then I put the pencil to paper and I do it and I think okay well I kind of got it it's not perfect <laughs> it could be a lot better but I'm going to try it again mm -hmm. and then again and just I keep doing it and doing it and I can see the progress. And I feel like I've gone from survival mode to more recently, very, very recently, becoming somewhat of a thriving individual, which is what I've always wanted and thought I could never have. Yeah, I don't know why those people said that you will always be that way. That seems... Mm not very helpful unless it was sort of a like a reverse psychology kind of thing they're, they're thought oh she's a fighter so if we tell her this she'll 
She'll try and show us how wrong we are. Uh -huh. I don't know if they were upset with me or if they were just in a weird spot or if they meant something else by it because they were studying... I... What is it? Atheistic Zen Buddhism? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. Huh. Who knows? Yeah. But... I'm not going to try and understand it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying about somebody having a bad day or you, it, it's probably not the wisest idea to, to assume that what somebody seems like at first blush is how they actually are. But the issue that I have with some of these parents that we've seen here recently around and about yeah, like is that mocks. Oh I gosh. can see through your child and the way that they are interacting with the world around them, and you, parent, that you've fucked up repeatedly mm -hmm. for two, four, six, whatever years that this child is around. Like, that's not something that they're just trying out here for the first time ever to see what the reaction's gonna be, and hey, maybe this, this tantrum that I throw this once that I've never ever done before will, and I don't even know where I got the idea from, I just, I just pulled it out of my butt, and I'm just gonna cry and throw a tantrum to try and get this toy that I want. Like, I think kids try out things. Sure they do. But when you see how the parent interacts with that situation, yeah. you go, oh, this is a thing that they do. Mm -hmm. This is, this is... Because it's a game they play. Yeah. Mom goes, oh, I, I know, honey, you really want it, I know. I was like, oh, okay. Within that first three seconds, like, oh, this is just what they do. Yeah. This isn't... I've seen very, very infrequently, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it happen where a kid starts throwing a tantrum and the dad or the mom just shoots him a look like, what are you doing? And the kid's mm -hmm. just like, oh, yeah, that's not what I do here. And it ends like that. Yeah, it's amazing how the kids that go to the school that I go to mm -hmm. will behave so differently in the classroom versus around their parents. Are they all that way? No, they're okay. not all that way. It's just like certain actions, like certain things will happen. And I don't know exactly what to attribute it to, but it seems like like people play games mm -hmm. in a way all over the place, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And they can play a certain game with their parents, but it's not going to fly here at school. And yeah. we will let you know that that's not going to be a thing that we do here. So no. That's why I... That, that's, that was the thing that I got so upset about with that whole interaction with that lady because I know in the core of my being that I was not in the wrong in what I did mm -hmm. in taking the drink. That the kid, he has no concept mm -hmm. at four years old of how the monetary exchange mm -hmm. happens and he just knows that we go up to the counter to the guy that's behind the counter mm -hmm. and we do something mm -hmm. and then I get what I want. Mm -hmm. And I want that thing, that process to happen. I don't really get it. My mom gives him a card or some paper that's green and I know that that stuff has a magical power to get me stuff. But beyond that, he doesn't really understand like, oh, no, these are this, this stuff belongs to the store mm -hmm. and if you start walking out with it you're stealing and there are repercussions for theft that aren't good mm -hmm. and if you take that into your life beyond the age of 18 it's gonna go really negatively for you mm -hmm. police are gonna be well maybe not in seattle maybe you just get do whatever you want here but for most places <laughs> it's a bad idea to steal it's not gonna go well for you but he, d he doesn't know that. And the mom is just sitting there, oh, we're going to have a conversation about how we're going to get a treat at the next place. It's... Yeah, and not only... Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, and so yeah. I come over there. And she, she's telling the kid, from what I recall, I, I don't think I'm making this up, but I'm pretty sure she was saying, give it back to the man. He's, she's not trying to pull it from out of his hands, which she should have done. She's like, what are you... This is nonsense. Give that to me. We're mm -hmm. putting it back. I told you we're not getting this drink. And now we're leaving because mm -hmm. you're making a fucking scene. Not that you, she would say that. We're like, we're leaving right now. Mm -hmm. it, this is, no, it's not how you act in public. Mm -hmm. So give the drink to the man or whatever she's saying. And I just go, I'm not dealing with this shit. Mm -hmm. I'm not standing around for this. You don't know how to be a parent. So let me show you how it's done. I'm 130 odd pounds. He's probably about, oh, I don't know, 50-ish pounds. I'm twice his height. 
there's no contest here. I win any physical interaction with this little guy ever, all the time. Throw him at me a thousand times, I win every single time. And I reach in, and I pull the Gatorade out of his hands, and then I put it in the fridge. And he just looked at me like he'd, like... Nobody's just, ever done this Yeah, before. he was just like, uh, That lasted for about four seconds but before he just started howling and then running off because he just didn't know how, he didn't know what to do with himself. And then the mom just kind of plods around, not... You're twice as fast as him. Look, what are you doing? Your your four-year-old shouldn't be able to outrun you. From an outsider's perspective, it sounds like she was tired and being lazy. Yeah, it was. It was just. It was multiple failures through the pro through over the course of four years that had led to this point, and so. I can imagine that. I, sorry, it. I don't know when to talk. All I, the where I was going to finish here is that that failure isn't just on her end, it's on society's side as well. And that's why I know what I did was not in the wrong. It's, no, 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 no. I'm doing what a lot of other fuckers should have done before this. You should have been the main one to have done this, Mom. But a bunch of, a society should have backed you up on this. And you should be shamed, to a degree, for failing as a mother. We just let these things happen collectively. I don't know what to say. It's just, it's, it's, I guess it'll be all right. No, it won't. It, it won't. Dad, I wonder why that happens. It seems to be happening more and more and more. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it has to do with the whole self-help revolution or what, but people are so sensitive. They feel, it just feels so sensitive. You can't. I feel like you can't say anything without upsetting somebody. And I don't want to live in that world because it, it, we can't have a boundaryless world. No, we can't. And that's what this world will turn into if we take this behavior to its extreme. I'm not I'm not suggesting tyranny. That's not what I mean. No, there's a there's a there's a fine line. It's actually a pretty damn wide line. You've got a lot of area to work in. But between full-on chaos and just anybody can do whatever they want, straight-up anarchy, and then the other end of the extreme of just straight-up tyrannical laws are enforced, and if you step out of line, you're, you're shot on sight. I mean, there's a wide area between those two extremes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like somewhere in the middle is probably pretty good. For example... Parents should call their kids out on their nonsense and shut it down. Kids need to know that no, when it comes from mom and dad, means motherfucking no. Yeah, they're trying things out. They're wondering, what does this button do? Exactly. Over and over again. But that has to be established that what mom and dad say is law. And I don't get to negotiate and whine and weasel my, my way into a, a better situation that I want. Oh, I want this thing. Mom says, I, mom says, well, maybe next time, and I know if I throw enough of it. I mean, I've seen that so many times where I work. That's not even a, a grocery store or a toy store. Heaven forbid I were ever were subjugated to work in one of those again. I've actually worked in both a toy store and a, it was after hours, but I'm not during hours, um, and, and a grocery store. But we've got candy and ice cream, and these kids are going, I want, I want it, I want, I want it. Eh, it's not a daily thing, thank God. But more often than not, and it's not a, a ton more often, but I'd say 55, 45, the parent goes, ah, oh, all right, okay, all right, just get one thing that you want. As opposed to, no. What do you, what do you, there's just, I, there's a few interactions that I've seen where the kid, the kid will go, hey, Dad, can I get some M&Ms? And the kid, or, hey, Dad, can I, can I get an ice cream? No, and they go, okay. Yeah. And it's like, Wow. Yes! I don't know what you did, but that's right. That's exactly how that goes. You ask? That's fine. There's no problem with asking. That's no, nothing's wrong with that. But when they say no, it's not, <laughs> they want it. <laughs> it's, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, it was worth a shot. Cheers. Yeah, I'm, something 
we do at the school that I work at is if a child is behaving in a way that we don't like, we take away any, like, the thing that might be related to that. Mm -hmm. Like, if they have a toy and they're being a brat about it, mm -hmm. take it away. Mm -hmm. Put it in a place where they can't reach it. Yeah. They might cry for a minute, but they'll get over it. Yeah. And they'll realize, oh, when I behave this way, it means I don't get the thing that I want. Yeah, there, there's, there are negative repercussions. Yeah. As and opposed it should to be rewards. consistent. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a big thing. And it takes work. Doing any of this that we're talking about tonight takes work. Oh, yeah. And you just have to fucking do it. But the work, you can make it so much easier on yourself by just enforcing some very basic rules early on and then just continually enforcing those same rules. Yeah, and accepting that there's going to be work to be had and to be done in life. You just have to work yeah. on everything. Yeah. And you can make it as difficult as you want on yourself by inaction, maybe, or by doing the wrong thing and then trying to reverse that later on, <laughs> like make up for it. Yeah, I said something about that whole interaction with that kid that I thought was, it stood out, it stood out to me because like that actually makes a lot of sense to my head. Huh. It was... A human being's brain, from what I understand, doesn't stop growing and it hasn't reached full maturation until you're about 25. It's probably a little bit of a give and take there depending on what you've put in your brain and what you've done, but that's about when it stops growing. Mm -hmm. For bones, I don't, it's some other time, you know, you lose your baby teeth. There's different periods of time for different things in a body that's growing. That little gap that stays all squishy in the top of a baby's head, that doesn't fully mend together for uh, six, eight months or something like that. Um, bones, when babies are born, they have like twice as many bones as an adult body does because they start to fuse together because there's all these other little bones and then they, they, they come together. Though all those things are processes and they take time. What I've seen is that people today want quick fixes. No, they, they want, want it now. <laughs> they want a pill that does it instantly. I want to know how to play the guitar like Jimi Hendrix within the next 10 minutes. How, how do I do that? Like, you don't. You don't ever play the guitar like Jimi Hendrix first off. And if you ever want to get decent at playing a guitar, that's, that's probably fine. But... It's not going to happen in the next 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. There's no easy way to get, do these things. There, there was no easy, simple way. I can't think of anything that I could have done to get where I'm at writing and be as decent as I am now with some sort of shortcut. The only thing that I can think of that I could have done is write more earlier. Mm -hmm. Just It's just a, it's a numbers game. You just have... There's certain things that I could have probably done that I don't know about, like take some classes and if I had access to master writers, if, if, like if I had access to a, a, a Shakespeare bot, a Neil Gaiman bot, a, a, a Margaret Atwood bot, a JK Rowling bot, and they were like the actual consciousnesses of those people and they were just hovering over me at all times of every day. I'm like, well, here's how you get better at writing. I probably could have gotten better a little bit quicker, but I don't have access to those things. Yeah, but you also need to get feedback yeah be it you from have to yourself, do it yourself or other people yeah absolutely like even what you said about that biscotti drawing uh -huh. i don't know if i would have picked up on that and if i were to do a contour drawing again in the near future if i would be adding less detail like if i would have seen that but you saying that is going to influence like i can't help it of course the way that i draw in the future and that's a good thing that's a really good thing because sure, if I draw enough pictures by myself and maybe I'll come to a point, like hypothetically, I could just draw picture after picture after picture and wonder, why am I not getting better? Like, yeah. what's wrong here? And then I look at all of my pictures and I look and think, hmm, now what do all of these have in common that I don't like? Oh, there's too much detail and it's all washed out. Mm. Okay, well, maybe I should do less detail. Whereas sharing that with one other person, the picture that I drew, got me the feedback that might help me grow a bit faster. Yeah, you have to make yourself vulnerable, put yourself out there and 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 try different things and see like, well, how does this what what's the feedback here? But you can't another at the same time, you can't take what feedback you get, especially 
if it's on the internet. That that more than anything. If you put something on the internet and be like, I don't know, it's not very good. Like, well, first off, it's on the internet, so your opinion is worth about nothing. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll I'll take it into consideration. That's a little hard to do. Yeah, but going back to the whole parental situation and the issues that parents today seem to have, like you're the ultimate role model if you're a parent. And these yeah. kids are testing boundaries. They're looking for feedback. So if you fail to give proper feedback, mm-hmm. they're going to continue to grow in ways that are not beneficial right. or stagnate. So that brings me back to what I was saying about growing and what I was gonna, what I had said that made me go, huh, that really stood out to me as something that, that actually seems to have some truth to it. These parents, they want quick fixes. And just as they want quick fixes on how to raise their kid the proper way or how to do this or whatever it is that they're looking for, I get the impression that they want little thems out of the gate. They're expecting their four-year-old to be an adult. It's like, well, it's not an adult. And they're interacting with their child as though they're a coworker or a friend of theirs. And it's the way that you interact with a four-year-old should not be the same way that you interact with a 25-year-old mm-hmm. or an 80-year-old or vice versa or any other. Like, you don't talk to an 80-year-old that has seen... Uh, the four corners of the, the, the world and has all these life experiences the same way that you talk to a five-year-old. You just, you can't. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. But I get the impression that a lot of these parents want to. They're like, oh, it's an adult. It's a human. I mean, not, not that it's an adult. It's a human. It's a human, 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 human. <laughs> no, no. And what I had said was, you don't treat three ingredients to the crust of a pie like the whole pie. If you were to do that, you'd be like, no, I've got the flour and I've got the the butter and I've just got it in my bowl and oh, it's a delicious pie. I'm going to put some ice cream on this. You'd look like a crazy person. And these parents, they do. They look like crazy people because they're trying to interact with this being that hasn't, they're not even a fifth of the way towards a complete brain. And they're trying to interact as though they're their 30-year-old millennial friend that they go out and have drinks with on, on Sundays. That doesn't work. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. And there's one child that I can think of that goes to the school that I go to. And I get the impression that his parents treat him that way. Because he speaks in a way that is not on the same level as the other children. Like he mimics phrases and words that adults say. Mm. Or I'll, I'll use certain words like multiple is a word that I used. And he used that like all day, maybe a few days. Was he even using it right? Um, not in every instance, no. <laughs> but he's trying it out. Yeah. Like and I I don't know, but I I get the impression that he that he might think that he's some like special being, like he's above the others. Mm. Like he doesn't he's not popular. He doesn't get along well. And the teacher that I work with is concerned Mm -hmm. about his social Mm well-being because he's just, he doesn't behave at the age that he should. And that's not saying he's more mature. It's he's not developing at the same level. Yeah. He's definitely out of sync. It's like he's using adult language and is interested in adult things, but he can't interact well with kids that are his age or even younger than him like he he whines and cries and like screams he gets frustrated about all these things but i don't know how to fix that behavior you can't because you're with them for three four hours a day you just do the best that you can yeah so what i'm there with them for the rest of the 20 hours in a day so what i'm trying to do is just do what this book that the teacher that I work with suggested I do, um, or do what the teacher suggested I do. It's you offer radio feedback. What it's, is radio it's feedback? You're doing this thing. You kind of tell them what they're doing. Okay. So they're getting attention, and that's only if they're doing something that you like. Only if the okay, all right. So like because kids want attention. So let's say. Uh, this is me, and I'm I'm sitting here, and, and I'm drinking from a, a sippy cup in in a good, happy, nice way. I'm just sitting here at snack time, and, I'm like, and, and like normally I don't do this. Normally I'm like, yeah. If, so, oh, mm, sippy I cup. mean, it depends on the situation. But if you were there, and a bunch of other children were there, and maybe some of the other children were being a little riled, riley or whatever, mm-hmm. like riled up, 
I might say, oh, Del, or look at Del sitting there quietly eating his snack. Okay, I see. I got it. Okay. That's all. That's all. Because then he's getting attention. The positive attention to the positive behavior. Yeah. And then the other children see that and go, I'm not getting noticed. Yeah. Maybe if I try that, I will. Mm -hmm. Um, Or in the case of this other child. And if the riled ones do then calm down, do you say something? Do you acknowledge that and then say like, oh, look, Becky and and Jonathan, you're sitting down and and eating nicely too. Well Mm -hmm. done. Yeah. Okay. I can. It's good to. That's one thing. That makes sense. And also, ignoring behavior that you don't like Mm -hmm. might be kind of annoying, but you can do that. And then the important thing about that is you tell them, this is a thing that I asked you not to do, Mm -hmm. and you're you're continuing to do it, so I'm going to ignore this behavior until you stop. That was something that bugged me about that Mike Birbiglia comedy that we watched. And I understand that it's a comedy show, so I don't know how much of it is true and how much of it is not. But he was saying something about how his daughter, his new daughter that was, whatever, six months old, was sleeping on the couch. And he's like, oh, that's my couch. And and his wife said, yeah, well, we decided that that's where she sleeps now. And he said, well, that's fine and all. I think that's a good short-term solution, which I would say it's not. It's not. And he said, but I think it'd be a good idea for her to sleep in her in her crib. And, and the, his wife, apparently, in the, the bit, said, well, she doesn't want to sleep in the crib. Yeah, I was like, we well, decided that's not where good she's sleeping. fucking luck with that shit. Yeah. That's not how it works. She's already, if that's true, let's just assume that it is true for the sake of this, and so I don't have to keep on saying this, that at six years old, she's already established dominance in that household. Oh, oh she's not six. She, no, she? no, it's six months old. Oh. Whatever. Less than a year, I think. I, I get what I want when I do X. Like, a kid isn't consciously thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. They just, it just works for them. But you have to show them that that's not how the world works. Mm-hmm. The world doesn't work around you. Mm-hmm. You work around it. Mm-hmm. Like, the world in the universe doesn't give a flying fuck about you. It yeah. never has. It never fucking will. So you have to exercise your existence into it. You don't, like, that's why the the stupid, we say this as a joke, because we saw that goddamn poster one time back when we lived here, respect my existence. Like, (laughs) no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Respect my existence. You can respect other people's existence, but you cannot demand that they do that for you. That's just proclaiming to the universe, know that I am here. And the universe just coughs and then farts in your fucking face. Like, did somebody talk? I didn't, well, I, and then the bus blasts through. He's like, oh, you respect, there you <laughs> there are. There they go. <laughs> it doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And it seems like, and I've heard this time and time again, that single children, like children without siblings, have a harder time realizing that they're not as important as they think they are. That makes sense. It, it seems like children with siblings are m- a little more advanced. It, it would make sense because they're interacting. They have somebody that is probably around-ish, give or take a few years, their age. And so they have that a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so they can go and they can play and they can figure things out on their own. I mean, that's probably what helped you and I and a lot of people that are of an earlier generation not be such shitheads is because we were part of larger families. We, I wasn't a single child. I'm the oldest of five. Mm-hmm. You're the youngest of four. four. Whereas a lot of kids, and there's probably more and more now because it's harder and harder to pay and have children, are one-ofs. Mm-hmm. I think a two-of... Or, or two children is better than, I mean, drastically better than one. Yeah. I mean, they have or to take turns much, for one. Whatever. It's like little things, I think, build up and and really help somebody learn. Yeah, like, and you also like see having Like having to share, or you have to take your turn, or you're not getting the attention today. That, it's this child's birthday or whatever. I mean, it's a thousand little things. Mm-hmm. It's all the things that you just mentioned. It's 
your brother gets this kind of toothbrush and you get this kind. Well, why? Because he's older and it was his birthday, so he got to pick a new toothbrush. Well, when do I get to pick a new toothbrush? When it's your birthday. Well, when's that? Eight months from now. Mm -hmm. I haven't even been alive for eight months. Well, suck it up, little buddy. Like, that's just how it fucking goes. Oh, okay. A four-month-old is pretty advanced Whatever. here in this situation. Whatever. It, that, that's, that's how long you've been alive. You, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Or, um... You know, tonight we only have so much sprinkles for for one of you. So do rock paper scissors for who gets the sprinkles on your ice cream. Like, okay, here we go. Well, tonight it's it's Johnny and it's not Billy. It's like, well, I want sprinkles. Well, do you want to share the half of the sprinkles that you have? Okay, yeah, I will share with you, brother. Like, it's all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when you were speaking, I was thinking we are living in a world where. It seems like people are continuing to isolate themselves further and further. Like we have this pseudo connection through social media, which yeah. I hardly use, but a lot of people spend a lot of time on that crap. Oh yeah. And are convincing what do you mean themselves. Hardly use? What do you have with social media at all? Twitter. Oh. But it's for the pair of nine and I just kind of scroll through it like once every two weeks. Okay. <laughs> this is what's happening on Twitter. Oh, the same old shit. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I'll give myself two weeks to forget about it, and then I'll see that I have it on my phone, and I'll open it up, which it's not on this phone. Just got a new one, mm -hmm. so probably won't download it. So what's the point? Yeah. But people are given these platforms to shout their opinions, and then they're reinforced with these ridiculous likes and living in these little bubbles because you can choose who's in your friends list and you can even make your profiles private and you can shut yourselves out completely of parts of the world that you will eventually forget exist mm -hmm. until somebody like Donald Trump is <laughs> elected president. And then you go, oh yeah, there is a whole other side to the political spectrum. <laughs> and then some. So I think that that's a problem and also creates social problems like we were talking about with children there's a parallel there yeah at least in my opinion yeah it's a trickle down effect so expose yourself i guess try new things yeah yeah i tried watching a couple episodes of rick and morty and by and large i've decided it's not the show for me but there was one thing in the pilot episode that i kind of liked huh. and that was how he kept on Rick, the Grandpa Rick, who's, I guess he's just a fucking raging alcoholic or whatever, but he kept on saying, like, you're not going to learn anything by going to a school and just regurgitating what's being shoved down your throat. I mean, it wasn't, that wasn't exactly what he said, but it was more or less. Yeah, you got to go out there yeah. and figure things out and try things out and explore and they go to this wacky dimension. He's like, look, what is that thing? I don't even know what that is. And you could, you could draw parallels to going out and outside and exploring and well, I do think there is something to some sort of education. I'm not saying that you should just quit school and peace out. I don't, I'm not, I don't think that's, I'm not advocating that. But after you're done with school, just staying at mom's house or just living in your parents' basement for the next 15, 20, 40 years, whatever, probably not the greatest idea. I mean, once you hit 20, you should be out doing things. Yeah, even while you're going to school, like, that's yeah, definitely. fine, but it it's just a foundation. Yeah. Like, there are other things that you can learn. Oh, you liked this book that you read? What other books has that author written that you might find interesting? You try that out. I know that kids that have taken extracurricular activities, sports or whatever, they often have said and things that I've heard. and Like, I learned way more in sports and in football or soccer or or badminton or blah -de blah or band class or drama than I ever did in any of my other actual classes. Hmm. Yeah, because you're interacting with people and you're learning how you're, these are skills that will translate to the, the, the world. Hmm. Whereas knowing how to punch a few numbers on your T90 or whatever, okay? You, I haven't, I don't, I don't know the last time I saw a T90. You don't use those besides yeah. outside of a school. I remember playing games on it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I always used like basic functions whenever I had it. It's just pointless. How long have we been going here? Oh, about an hour. Mm. Almost. Okay. Mm. I never know what these bars, like it says 1788, but it, I guess it just depends on how long those are, but I don't know what it, the default is. 
I don't even know if I started this when we started recording. I think so. so. Right around there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think, good on this subject. Me too. I guess there is one other thing that I want to mention about magic. I had a bit of a, a revelation of why I feel better having stepped away from magic and getting rid of a a large dollar amount of our cards, but <laughs> but quantity of cards hasn't really changed if that anybody much. Anybody wants twenty thousand commons and uncommons, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're willing to pay for shipping and maybe a small fee on top of that, we'll get them to you. Uh, um, the shipping would be. I suppose we could. I just... don't know what the shipping would be. It would. Yeah, I don't know. But oh, we sat down for arena, and I was just getting angry again. So after a couple of games, I just shut it off. This was yesterday. But I told you, I said, I realized that I don't play magic. I don't go into arena because it's it's a fun thing to do. It's like, oh, I want to see what, what I encounter here. Yeah. No, I'm going in to win. And if I don't win, I'm not having a very good time. There, That's not always the case, but I'd say it's 8 out of 10 times. There are those, that 20-ish percent, 10 mm -hmm. to 20%. Maybe, maybe I'd say I'd, I'd say fifteen percent where I lose and I go. Oh, I was fine. That was kind of neat. Like yeah, I, I, I think you a, lost that same day, and it was in a really creative way or something. Yeah, a guy was it was a, it was a brawl thing, and the guy's brawl deck was Tessia Karlov. So triggers when they die trigger twice, mm -hmm. and he had cruel celebrant out there, and then he made a whole bunch of tokens somehow. I don't remember what he did, and so then he Kaya's wrath. And so it had all of these death, deal you one, game one, life triggers on, on the stack. And so he was able to do like 40 damage or something like that. And I was like, okay, that was kind of neat. And it took him, I don't know how many turns, 15, 20 turns to get to that point. It was a bunch of back and forth. And he restabilized, stabilize, and whoa, trade this, some attacks there. But then he got his whole thing out there and then wiped the board. I was like, okay, that was, that was neat. I, that was, that's cool. No. But those are rare. Yeah. Usually it's just like... Oh, I countered my spell for the fourth time in a row, and, and then you wiped my board, and uh, fuck this. Oh, you, you cat-cauldron combo. Mm -hmm. Well, not only is this just not going anywhere, but I've got to sit here for twice the amount of time. <laughs> I should just straight-up concede when I see oh, either of those pieces. Another one of those cat-cauldrons well, made it. It's just, it's so long. Yeah. It's just every time I pass the turn, you're going to kill your cat, then you're going to sacrifice the token, mm -hmm. then you're going to get your cat back, and if you've got another, you're going to do it again, and this whole oh, yeah. When they get loop. two witches cauldrons out there, oof. Yeah. That's a concede. It, it's uh, me. so obnoxious. Or like this Esper deck that I was playing against, they didn't have any creatures. They had Oath of Kaya, they had Kaya's Wrath, they had Golden Egg. Like, it wasn't even the Dance of the Mance deck. It was just, no, you can't do anything. I'm going to kill everything you have. Mm-hmm. And that's just how the game's gonna go. Like they had an Ashiok to mill me. Maybe they had a creature and in there. Got... To... No, they did. They did. They had a murderous rider. Okay, there you go. But they didn't play it. They only used the uh, swift end side. Yeah, it's probably just a control thing. Just control it to the days are long, and then finally play some dirty little creature to chip in for small amounts of damage or or mill you or something. Like, this is. So those are just miserable. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of magic. Yeah. That's a lot of magic. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what I realized. I was like, I don't play when I'm getting on to magic and I boot it up or arena because I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fun to play magic. No, I'm just I'm just hoping to win. Yeah. Same is true for me. I, I played a few games this morning and I was getting really bent out of shape because I wasn't winning. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, ugh, I haven't won a single game and my time's almost up. Yeah. I was so upset. So then I did a draft. And I thought I built a decent deck. It was red, white, knights mostly. Mm -hmm. um, and I was getting things out there. I won the first game, so I was feeling good. And then I played another game and I lost. Played another game, lost. Played another game, lost. I was like, wow, okay. I guess yeah. it wasn't as good <laughs> as I thought it was. Whereas with Kill Team, I, like I the last time we played was a multiplayer game at oh, yeah. Mox with a coworker of mine. And... I got you, you, the both of you just kind of teamed up on me and maybe just because it was a positioning or you guys are just scared of space marines or whatever. It just worked I, out, I but I didn't know. mind. My point here is I that after him, I, I got pretty much double teamed pretty quick. We also outnumbered you. <clears throat> yeah. So anyways, I got my face smashed in pretty, pretty 
pretty easily, but I didn't mind. And when I play Kill Team, and when I think about playing Kill Team, it's not because I just want to win. It's that I want to come up with... It, the map is different, and I want to find do something and yeah. roll some dice and see what happens because it's fun. Mm-hmm. And you can play different missions. Yeah, exactly. It's neat. We got to build our teams. Yeah. I have a, a, a leader in pieces here. Yeah, I've I'm got so excited. a number of gals all in pieces and I gotta figure out some way to spray with primer. But I think that's probably good for this episode. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.